0: I mean, I not be able to do that. I will not be able to do that. I will not be to
1: Go Vikings, go. Hello, everyone, and
2: welcome your name. get that
1: first down, get a rock up, up. go, the score. you 20th, hear us for High Stakes Fantasy Advantage Podcast with me, Greg Ambrosius, Tom Kessinick, and Derek Bercher. And it's a good day because we had a good week 11. Some of us won in fantasy football. Not good for all of our home teams. Tom, I sat through that stupid game at Lambeau Field, froze my ass off, took my daughter there. She had a good time. But uh, I know I'm supposed to be thankful this week, and we're all thankful for being here right now. But that was not a thankful game. Terrible football at Lambeau Field. Probably the worst since 1990. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a bad
0: football team without Aaron Rodgers. I was—I went on Twitter yesterday morning. I was trying to to think of what the Packers could do to win the game, and I, I came up with nothing because I didn't think they'd throw the ball well, and I didn't trust Jamal Williams to, you know, run for 150 yards or whatever and, and carry him like that, and so they lost. I mean, they, you can't win. Brett Hundley's terrible. He's killing Jordy Nelson. My God, Jordy yep. Nelson. Um yeah, they're, I mean, they're in trouble, and they're going to go to Pittsburgh next Sunday night and get their asses handed to
1: them. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The fans booed yesterday, not because of the effort. Defense played very well. They booed because he had open receivers. He's a terrible quarterback. I'm sorry. Brett Hundley is a terrible quarterback. He doesn't step up into the pocket. Whenever there's pressure, he runs around. The hell with him. He's terrible. I'm sick of him. Uh, that's why he went in the fifth round. People thought, "Ooh, three years of coaching by the McCarthy. He's going to be good." No, he sucks. He was terrible. There are a lot of wide open guys. I'll tell you what about the Ravens. They were going man to man with one safety over the top. Rogers would have killed that for sure. But whatever, Derek. Let's talk about better things. You're at U.S. Bank yesterday. Vikings improved to what the hell are they eating two, eight and two I think right
2: now? Yeah,
1: man, looking good. Talk about that game. They put a beat down on that Rams offense, highest scoring team, or offense in the NFL, and they
2: put a beat down on them, didn't they? They did. After the first drive, now that's two games in a row where we've deferred on uh, winning the coin toss, and the opponents have come out and scored a touchdown, but uh, after that first drive, I mean, we shut Gurley down. I think he had... 30, 31 yards on uh, the first drive and 23 total the rest of the game. So that that was the key. We, we bottled Gurley up both on the, r- the run and the pass, and, you know, it was, f- well, four back misses two field goals, which was not good, they, both inside 50, but, you uh, it was, it, you know, the it was seven yeah. seven right, uh, right before half. There they go down. Make a Cooper Cup makes a nice catch down to the one, and we, we get him to fumble right on the one yard line. That was the turning point of the game. We, you know, they didn't get any points there. Going to half seven yeah. seven, we came out and we we just we did what the Vikings do. The defense took over. Case made a few plays, didn't turn the ball over. Thielen makes a big play, and we ran the hell out of the ball with you know a, uh, again Murray now has a bigger game than than McKinnon the two TDs, and we were we were gashing five yards a run. So that's a, I mean that's kind of our playbook from here on out. Uh, and again, between Murray and uh, McKinnon, I, I really have no idea fantasy-wise any week who's going to be the better play. I actually think McKinnon will be a better play against Detroit this week, but uh, I'm excited. This team is, I mean, it was six weeks ago when we when we lost Delvin that game and uh, we did a podcast the next day and I, I was worried about losing to the Bears and the Packers. Obviously, things have turned around quite a bit, one six in a row and we're number two seed right now. And it's it's, it's exciting. Yeah, their leg-
1: defense is legit. They can carry a long ways in the playoffs. Talk about Latavius Murray. Is he for le-
2: legit, or what the hell's going on there? A couple touchdowns. I mean, he's legit. Again, like I just said, I don't know from a fantasy uh, you know look-see who's better moving forward. On any given Sunday, it could be either one of them. The thing is, the improved play by the offensive line, I mean, night and day compared to last year. Uh, I mean, Elf line at yeah. center has been a revelation, and everyone around him has been... Great. I mean, we lost Remmers the last two weeks, um, who was playing well. We have this Rashad Hill guy come in. He doesn't give up pressures. I mean, we haven't given up a sack since Detroit. game. that's six games in a row where we have not given up a sack. Now, part of that is Keenum. He does a hell of a Ben Roethlisberger uh, double on some of those, where he just he comes out of it. But they're just they're playing together. The offensive line is just meshed. And obviously, you know, I mean, that's where football starts on the on both lines. And right now, it's hard pressed to find another team in the league that has a better O line and D line combination than the Vikings right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, Chris Liss has a Twitter account, a great one, called Real Man Wood. <laughs> a real man would accept the ball when they win the coin flip, right? The Packers always defer. Every team defers. Do you notice that? Yep. Yesterday, Baltimore deferred. Packers, unfortunately, had to have the ball first. They march right down the field to the five-yard line. Of course, he throws an interception. But I think the NFL coaches are overthinking this stupid coin flip. Everybody defers. Well uh, a real th- man... Would accept it,
2: right? I think that all started with Belichick. He was the first to consistently yep. defer. Now that's you're talking different there. He has Tom Brady. That's different you know, from, than most teams. So I agree with you. Most of the time, I, I take the ball. But again, some of these guys like to get their know. defense out there and take control. And as a Vikings fan, you almost think, well, hell, let's get our defense out there, and then we get the ball to the second half. But we've seen two games in a row now. The offense come out and puts seven on us right away, and then we're you know, we're digging a little hole. So yeah, I don't know. Again, these coaches, we've talked about in other things, they, they do. They overthink a lot of things. So I, I don't know what to think there. I mean, I, to me, i take the ball and, and try and take, take a seven-O lead myself.
1: Set the tone with your offense. That's what I would do every single time, but uh, no, you're right. Hey, Tom, let's talk about the Saints. For the second straight week, they've had two of the top four running backs in scoring in NFFC. This week, Kamara, number one again, 25.6 points, Ingram. Number three, 24.5, only LaShawn McCoy in between them at 25.6. This is a legit team. Come down from 15 points in the fourth quarter. Now, Lattimore injury is key. We don't know if he's going to miss much time, but that's key to that team, isn't it?
0: You know, yeah, it's huge. That's when Kirk Cousins started getting going, was when Marshawn Latimer got hurt, and it's a huge blow, so we got to keep an eye on that. But from an offensive perspective, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara are the best running back duo we've ever seen in the NFL. I know Dolphins fans fans will step up with the whole Zonka kick thing and Mercury Morris and all that way back in the day, but no, we have never seen a running back duo like this. These two guys are both elite fantasy options in the same backfield Week in and week out. But what was impressive about the game yesterday was we just had gotten the game script of, oh, Drew Brees, he's still good, but he's a game manager now. They went it with the running game and that good defense. What happened yesterday? They had to throw it all day, and Drew Brees played like Drew Brees. I mean, he carved Washington up. Granted, that's not a good defense, but Drew Brees looked like Drew Brees. So if you're hanging in there with him, he had a great Drew Brees game, but Ingram and Kamara, they're just fantastic. I mean, Ingram... Best value pick in in, in fantasy football this year. Camaro was probably a waiver wire pickup in a lot of leagues. Not so many in the NFFC, but in a lot of other leagues. Yep, best waiver wire pickup of the year. They're both fantastic and fun to watch. Camaro's touchdown catch, I don't know if you guys were obviously watching your own football games in person, but Camaro's touchdown catch was fantastic. He catches this little flip over the middle of the field bobbles it in midair while there's two and three guys converging on
1: him catches it as they converge breaks tackles runs into the end zone i love this kid you know last night's game between the eagles and the cowboys was a big one i thought the cowboys were going to come out good they took the opening kickoff and almost scored on that one ended up with a field goal but from that point on the eagles just dominated Derek, they are in the lead right now for home field advantage. That may be the team to beat, not only in the NFC, but in all of football. Very imbe- impressive beat-down by Philadelphia at
2: Dallas, correct? Yeah, I'm. I'm very impressed with the Eagles sitting at nine and one, and uh, their offensive line, like ours, has just been a monster. I and mean, they've lost their they lost their left tackle for the year, and they still haven't seemed like they're missing a beat. I mean, I don't know how many run. I don't know what their final was rushing yards yesterday, but they had to be over 150 easy. With you know, now you don't know who's doing it. It's Ajayi. It's Blunt. It's Clement. They got Barner scores a touchdown in the first quarter, and then Carson weapons still on the outside with the you know with the weapons out there. You got uh, Jeffrey, and obviously. Ertz and Torrey Smith scores a touchdown yesterday yeah they're looking tough all right Tom let's talk about
1: some wide receivers here we had of course the Thursday night beauty by Antonio Brown 10 receptions 144 yards three TDs he had 42.4 NFFC points but another wide receiver also went over 40 that was Keenan Allen he was doing some Keenan Allen stuff yesterday 12 receptions 159 yards two TDs he ended up with 40.2 points you had the Chargers, you're the all over them this week. Chargers, very impressive, and still in the hunt for the AFC West title. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting Keenan Allen had been pretty big disappointment for, a, for several weeks
0: now. He has not been getting targets, had not been producing, had a couple of tough matchups in there, but still not getting it done. But he went bananas yesterday the bills couldn't cover them at all rivers didn't have to throw to anybody else he just threw it to keenan allen all day because he was open all day long and he looked great so if you started keenan allen it, it was big for you. So, and the Charger defense, yeah, I, I loved him a lot. I picked him up for us in the FSTA League. I played him in a couple nice. other spots, and I was big on him. Certainly, they were a little better than I thought they were going to be, but I still love the matchup because Peterman, that was just a horrific decision. Everybody other than Sean McDermott <laughs> saw that one coming a mile away.
2: Jay Peterman Peter would have been better. Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, like we said last week, would have been better. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, actually, anybody would have been better. He ended up with minus six point three. Oh, oh my god! Doing this fourteen years, I don't think we ever had anybody. I mean, I'm positive we've
0: never had anybody. We might. We should look at that Josh Freeman Monday Night game with the Vikings. Oh, that we should was go awful. Go back to that one. That's like the statistically the worst game in NFL history. I think we might have to look at that one and see if that compares. Right. Yeah, five interceptions and a half. I mean, that was brutal.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Not only that, but Tyrod Taylor outscored him in the half. He had like twenty two point seven points. So uh, you know, put those two together and it was a sixteen point game either quarterbacks. Not bad there. So <laughs> hey, speaking of defenses, Tom, let's talk about a little bit. This is the year where you really should stream defenses. You know, we picked up Houston thinking, oh, we're gonna have them all year long. Well, we had to dump them after JJ Watt. And you know, we've been going in and out. Yesterday, Jacksonville Led the way with 29 points. They're a team that you could hold on to and start every week, it looks like. But Baltimore, 28 points. The Rams, 25 points. Philadelphia, 22 points. I mean, it was really good defense, and this is the way to go. Stream your defenses if possible.
0: Yeah, I agree. Unless you have the Jaguars, you just kind of lock them in every week because they are terrific. But there's not a lot of other lock-in defensive plays right now. I think the Steelers are pretty good. But, you know, we've seen Denver just give up touchdown passes by the bushel lately. I mean Andy Dalton hit him for three yesterday. So they've got problems. We've yep. seen the Ravens defense be up and down and then they drop a shutout at Lambo yesterday. See I agree. It's if you don't have the Jaguars and maybe You know, maybe Seattle, but we'll see how Seattle can hang in there with their injury issues. But uh, just streaming, boy. Hit the waiver wire each week. Work the matchups. Get your Chargers versus the Bills. Maybe next week it's the Chargers against the Cowboys. Who knows? So
1: keep an eye on that. That's the way to play defenses this year. All right, some of the injuries yesterday. We had Chris Thompson. We lost him for the rest of the year, which is a shame. He's dynamic for Washington. Now we've got P. Ryan, who's going to be the starting running back there. Uh, And then we got Terrell Breyer prior on the IR, not a big loss, he wasn't doing anything for you, but those were two injuries of note, Derek, what do you think about this P. Ryan, is he a guy that deserves to be started going forward, he's really the last man standing in the Redskins backfield.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, he is the last man standing. I, I have no idea who their practice squad guys are or their second or third stringers. As Tom mentioned, he looked great yesterday. I don't think he's a very great running back, to tell you the truth. I've, he looks—he's looked completely pedestrian until yesterday. So maybe that's opportunity based. I, I'm not sure, but I, again, you got—I mean, there's no reason not that he's not a starter. He's a running back too. I would assume moving forward. Again, unless Washington has some somebody they pick up or pull off the practice squad, it looks like it's the P Ryan show the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, Tom, let's talk about the Atlanta-Seattle game tonight. Like you said, our FSTA team is kicking ass. Great job on the pickup of the Chargers defense. That was worth about 23 points, I think, but uh, we're going to be 8-3. and three. We've got Coleman and Ryan going tonight. We already got about 123 points on the board. What are you expecting from this game tonight? Like you said, Seattle's defense is always vaunted, but there's no Cam Chancellor and there's no Richard Sherman, so that's going to take a hit on them. Matt Ryan should have a good game tonight. Well, at least I hope so.
0: He should, uh, but obviously the, the Falcon offense has really been the issue all year long. We don't know what we're going to get. I think Tevin Coleman's pretty safe tonight for about 15 points in PPR. That's just a normal night. I mean, I think he can catch four or five balls, rush for about 50, 60 yards, so he should be pretty safe tonight. you, you got to think Julio Jones has a big night tonight. No Richard Sherman, no Chancellor deep you got to think the Falcons come out with a concerted effort to get the ball to Julio as often as possible. I think that's, that's their best way to win the game. I don't think they're going to run it all that well, Atlanta. Seattle's run defense is still pretty good. On the other side, Russell Wilson is cooking right now. He's got Baldwin and Graham uh, both red hot. They They can't run the ball either, so I would think this game comes down to both quarterbacks. All right, Derek, come on, give a prediction
2: for tonight. What do you think? This is my favorite. This is gonna I'm making the call it's gonna be the best Monday night game of the year. I think the, the right now the over under is forty four. It's going way over that. Um I think Atlanta found their groove a little bit last week. I think they're gonna come out and not having Chancer and Sherman there that there's no legion it the Legion of Doom is doomed. Uh, I think they come. I don't know who's going to win the game. Uh, Atlanta's a one-point favorite right now in Vegas. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it'll come down to who has the ball last. Uh, Russell Wilson going to put up monster numbers tonight. They're going to forget about the running game too. And I think Russell goes for both quarterbacks over 300 yards tonight. And I bet you there'll be six touchdown passes in the game. So whatever that adds up to, uh, I think it's going to be a shootout and a fun game.
1: All right, guys, we've got baseball drafts live on the NFBC. Go to playnfbc.com. A lot of fun. We've got four drafts going on right now. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the first $350 drafts, number one was Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout, and Jose Altuve. Different in all three of them. So this first round is crazy. In fact, Kershaw went number one in that first draft. And then he went ninth in the last one that we had here, and he was the third starting pitcher going off the board. (laughs) He went behind, uh, who was it, Uh, Sale and Scherzer. He went behind those two guys. So wide open baseball this year, and it's great to see baseball drafts. The guys did a great job. Kudos to the IT department. Uh, Looking good, right? But hey. Derek, kind of cool to see baseball drafts already right now before
2: Thanksgiving. I love it. And like you mentioned, those first three picks, you can certainly make arguments for all those guys going number one. I have a hard time thinking I could take two pitchers before Kershaw. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think I was looking at these drafts, and the first three drafts, I can't remember a year where the first three rounds looks so freaking loaded and i know a lot of that was because of the power barrage last year and the strikeout barrage by the pitchers but man oh man you're getting guys down there at the end of the third round i mean george springer's lasting till the end of the third round in a couple of these and it's just loaded so yeah it's great to see guys guys getting out and signing up We like i said we're four drafts in already we get we filled up our first uh 50 draft too over the weekend i don't know how that one's going the 12 teamer so we'll see how that one's going but yeah it's i mean it's not even thanksgiving yet and we'll have uh you know, we'll have 10 drafts underway by Thanksgiving most likely. So, Great. Yeah,
1: we haven't pro- promoted it too much, but we do have $50 draft champions leagues. These are 12 teams, 50 rounds. I mean, if you're looking to just look at the player pool, see where guys are going, man, you can't beat this. And we're going to have nightly drafts, of $50 ones as well. You're going to love that, folks, just to jump on in on a... Snowy night in December or January, <laughs> and just do a fifty dollar, fifty round draft. What the hell? See the top six hundred players and have some fun. Two things I've noted so far is Bryce Harper is dropping further than I thought. I've seen him going like eleven and twelve. Twelve, and Carlos one, yeah. Correa. Yep, twelve he went, and then Carlos Correa has moved up a little bit. Uh, you know, we were thinking he was 15 16 right at that turn, but he's been going like eleven, twelve. So. Uh, lot of fun though but it's fun to see some of those guys that we thought were going to be here all of a sudden they go
2: there right absolutely i I think carlos craig you're going to see that throughout the year uh as we progress towards march in the final drafts i think you're going to see him settle in somewhere around seven or eight by the end monster playoff missed some time last year but uh he can do it all. I mean, he's a very viable thirty thirty candidate at shortstop if he actually decides to run. So I got a feeling by the time, and you'll see Bryce Harper move back up too. I think we'll see, my prediction is we'll see these pitchers uh, early and then we'll get back to kind of our four table where people start waiting on pitchers a little bit as we get closer to, to draft season. As they have done drafts, seen the player pool, seen pitchers, you can, value pitchers you can get a little bit later. So I think we'll see that uh, kind of be the norm. But again, it's just fun to see all this action right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think 70 of the first 47
1: picks were pitchers uh, in that first one, so you got to get a guy that's going to strike out 250. If you want to, you're going to get him early, that's for sure. Tom, I know you're not in baseball mode, but the rumor is Brewers are looking at Jake Arrieta, and that got your interest today. Come on, let's spend some money, right? Yeah, why not? I mean, shoot, their their team overachieved last year.
0: They definitely need pitching at the top of the rotation with Jimmy Nelson hurt. Yep. Yeah, why not? Let's go get Jake Arrieta,
1: steal away from the Cubs, and uh, see where it goes. I'm I'm fine with that. That'd be a great All signing,
2: right, no. great signing for the Brewers if they can get that done. Yeah,
1: heck, even the Twins—they're looking at uh, signing some pitchers too. They were saying they're going to be aggressive in the starting. Yeah, well, I'll believe
2: that when I see it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm with you there. I, I don't see the myth, the match uh, there, the mix and match, but uh, you never know. So, all right, that's it for today. We're going to talk some uh, leaders in the NFFC tomorrow on our podcast. We'll let you know who's leading the Classic, who's leading the Prime Time, who's leading the Online Championship, and the rest tomorrow on our podcast. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: Happy Monday.